Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. We struggle to know how to live in our age. What is our age? Well, there is an age to come. In the age to come, there will be no more death, no more tears. We will see the glory of the Lord face to face and be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I think we can all attest that We are certainly not in the age to come, not yet. There are the ages past, the ages of shadow and stone, of blood washings, and yet never being clean, the age where death triumphs. We're no longer in that age, which has passed away. I imagine we will have no trouble knowing how to live in the age to come, And that simple reality is perhaps what best identifies that final and eternal age, that age of all fulfillment, that we shall know once and for all how to live. I'm not sure about the ages past. Certainly, there was little certainty which put them at a great disadvantage. But on the other hand, they may have been able to settle into their inescapable condition, even relax into it to some extent in a way that we cannot in our present age. We cannot relax in our age because we've been promised something, something that we have actually witnessed and really tasted. And not just a shadow of the thing, but the very thing itself. And beside that, we've been told repeatedly and with great vigor that what is coming is already here and is ours. And we are to stand up into it full-chested. We get this message a lot, especially during Advent. The great and long-awaited coming of the Lord, which overcomes death and ushers in the eternal light of glory, has already taken place. The Lord's coming in our flesh by the Holy Ghost through the womb of the Blessed Virgin for which we now prepare and celebrate in this Advent season. It is the event which ushered in the present age, our age. And because of this, our cup runneth over. Our hearts have been made flesh and we are clean and die no more. And there are rivers of joy flowing out of our bellies. Right? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Well, (laughs) this is where things start to get a little sticky. Because much of the time, if not most of the time, and for some people all of the time, it doesn't feel that way. Our cup has a hole in it. 
Our heart is about tough as a shoe leather. Our hands are soiled and death seems to be encroaching on all sides. For many people, their bellies are producing more acid than rivers of joy, as can be attested by the stock and tums. <laughs> it's a little confusing, admittedly, and difficult to navigate. We do not know how to live in this age. We don't know what to do with all of this. We've been told to be content, but we don't feel content. We've been told that we receive the kingdom, but we feel like paupers. How do we get through this age with some kind of dignity and confidence? Is there a secret ingredient that somebody forgot to tell us about that keeps the cream from breaking? Well, I think there's several things going on here. First, without invalidating our perceived experience of disappointment and incongruity, the realized promise of our age, which has come upon us through the birth, death, and resurrection of the Lord of glory, is what is most true and real, despite our perceptions. That's a fact. How to resolve the apparent discrepancy between the risen Lord and our sadness, well, that's easier said than done. And quite frankly, it is the work of our life. But it begins and ends with faith. And we have evidence, hard evidence, that it's real because of the millions of people around us who have achieved it, who have actually achieved it. You know, those people who are floating when they pray. There are examples, our heroes and our intercessors, the saints. Because of him who shines and those who shine, we know it's real. And it's for us, too. Because they're our brethren, and he's our brother. That part of the equation is not complicated, but it is very difficult. And it is a matter of faith. And if we truly believed in the reality of what we've been given, would we not engage with more vigor and seriousness? We all have the opportunity to become saints. Every one of us. We forget that seems so far off, and yet it's very real. We have the opportunity to trade our acid for joy, but our sadness becomes all too often a self-fulfilling prophecy, and we end up complaining instead of praying. We put off repentance, and our hearts grow leathery. We rob God, and our cup gets a hole in it. We consume what produces acid instead of joy, and then we complain and wonder why the Lord has misled us. That's part of it, and perhaps the most important part. But there's something else which uh, contributes to us not knowing how to live in the present age. And that, I think, is a failure to fully appreciate that this age is not the age to come. Not yet. And to accept this, but to accept it with joy and a sense of adventure. That this age requires a certain toughness and courage that will pay off in the age to come, but it will not ultimately pay off until the age to come.
We're in the already not yet investment age. The dragon who's been defeated still roams and we hold the sword which put, does him in. Now this is a strange and sometimes confusing and terrible message that we get from the scriptures, from our prayers and our liturgies, but this message is not meant to deflate us. It is meant to encourage and comfort us. That is, if we bother to read and meditate upon the scriptures, which, by the way, takes us back to our first problem. And that's what St. Paul tells us in our epistle today. He says that everything was written in former times, was written for our instruction, so that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures, we may have hope. We live in the age of hope. Now, it's not as if the Old Testament saints had no hope. But our hope is of a whole different quality. We are not like they in the shadowlands, hoping in the darkness. Our hope in the age of hope is fueled with the light of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, of whom we have a foretaste, even this very day in this Eucharistic feast, and through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's a whole different kind and ranking of hope we live in. But it is the age of hope, and we are still in need of the paraclesis. That's the word Paul uses here for comfort, consolation, encouragement. Because there's still arrows flying at us, and we're still subject to waves of sadness and unbelief. We need this comfort of the paraclesis. Paraclesis, that should remind you of somebody. That's the comfort and encouragement part. But St. Paul also says, in this same phrase, it is through endurance or patience that we have hope. The words translated endurance in some places in our text this morning, I believe it's translated as patience. And that's what I think characterizes this age in which we live. It is the age of patient endurance. Now to emphasize his point, St. Paul gives a parallel and repeats this. He repeats the exact same two Greek words, even though in most translations they change them up a little bit. It's the same exact two words. But in the second sentence, he assigns them to God rather than to us. Putting the two together, he says, through patient endurance... And that's what the word means, to patiently endure. <laughs> through patient endurance and through comfort of the scriptures, we may have hope. Now may the God of patient endurance and comfort give you unity with one another. This quality of patient endurance, it is the secret ingredient of the age. We asked, I asked, is there a secret ingredient? Well, maybe there's a few, but this is at the top of the list. This is the secret ingredient. This is your task, your job, to cross the finish line. This is it, patient endurance. And, as Paul remarkably says, this is actually a divine attribute. 
just like humility. We don't think of God being humble. But God is humble. Paul says God also patiently endures. Patient endurance. His long-suffering. This is what our God is like. This is what he does. As a brief aside, the whole context here is not that we patiently endure as individuals. St. Paul's message here is that we patiently endure the trials of this age as a family with one voice united in the bond of love. So summing up, summing up, in this mixed message of Advent and of the scriptures and of the age we are in, first of all, we can have much more now than we could ever imagine. Much more is available to us than what we really believe. We can all be St. Paisios. There is contentment and peace and joy available to us in this very age, and the saints prove it to us. We have not because we ask not. And that doesn't just mean asking with your lips. It means asking with your life. Secondly, this age is characterized as the age of patient endurance towards hope. It's the investment age, the age of storing up treasures which we will reap in the age to come if we faint not. We've got to come to grips with that. You've got to be in this for the long game. Don't expect anything else. We've really got to come to grips with that and not be resentful about it. We ain't It's not just enough to to come to grips with it. you got to be happy about it. Father, are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Compliance is not sufficient. Did you teach your children that? You know, your children, sometimes they comply. That's not enough. You'll be obedient and you'll be happy about it too. That's the way. Or, you know, be miserable if you want to. But you're making me miserable too at the same time. We got to accept this and we got to be happy about it. Not just happy, count it all joy, brethren, St. James says. This is a grand adventure and it's fun if you'll sink your teeth into it. Even the hard part has a sense of power and strength in it if you approach it in faith. This is the age of patient endurance. And we'll reap in the age to come. And we'll receive a crown. This whole complex interplay between these realities of the already not yet. In this age and in the age to come in which we exist. Comes to us again and again and again in the scriptures. And especially during this season. All of the promises the long-awaited promises of humanity which have been, past tense, fulfilled in the birth, life, death, resurrection of our Savior. And yet, here we still are, gutting it out. Somehow we've got to learn how to make sense of all of that, how to live in all of that. But if we master it, there's a great reward. I think I have 
three extra minutes in the bank because the last two Sundays I only preached eight minutes. So I'm going to use them up with <laughs> a short little addendum. This just came to my mind. The two people that probably teach us best how to live between ages, because we live between ages, that's the whole point. That's the complexity of it. We live between ages. The two people, the two other people that live between ages are our Blessed Mother, who lives in the age to come for sure, but still has a foot in this age through her prayers and intercession and involvement in this world and our life. She teaches us how to do it. And the other person, if you thought I wasn't preaching on the gospel this morning, I actually was. The single person, the singular person who exemplifies what I'm trying to talk about this morning is our character today and next week, I believe, and that's St. John the Baptist. He exemplifies this message. He is the one who lived in the past age and in the present age. He is the single character that brought them all together and teaches us how to do it better than anybody other than our Blessed Mother. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.